Hello, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. My name is Cosmos Dar, and this is Extraordinary America. What is Extraordinary America? Well, you see, America has always been about freedom, opportunity, and the pursuit of happiness. However, most Americans are not free when it comes to the financial front. Most Americans are suffering from financial slavery due to loss of jobs, stagnant wages, inflation, and debt. Wealth and income inequality is the norm now, and the middle class has all but disappeared. So Extraordinary America is about the abolition of financial slavery. It is about the financial freedom of the 99%. It is about the nation of immigrants and the descendant of immigrants restoring the extraordinary within themselves and setting themselves free. The path to financial freedom is through financialist education. It is through becoming entrepreneurs and investors on the light side. In this podcast, I interview fellow Americans who fought against the odds. Many of them came from humble beginnings to see how they did it. It is my hope through these interviews that the extraordinary within you shall awaken and that you will abolish financial slavery from your life and realize the American dream. Once again, welcome to Extraordinary America. Uh, hello, welcome back to the show, my fellow extraordinary Americans. For today's episode, we have Nathaniel Halsman. Nathaniel Halsman is an entrepreneur, investor, and software developer. He's a husband and father of seven children. He has had a 20-plus year career in the software industry. In 2004, he started working as a software support representative. As part of his support efforts, he was working with developers to fix the software they wrote, that launched him into a career helping companies and individuals build great software products, both as a product and product manager. His software development experiences span all organization types, including privately owned venture capital, private equity, and government organizations. Over 10 years ago, Nathaniel was introduced to low code as an alternative to traditional software development. That technology has continued developing and is now how companies and individuals can build highly customized software that previously would have cost hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars to develop for pennies on the dollar. Today, as the CEO of Low Code Road, Nathaniel has the privilege of leading an amazing team of people from around the world. They build and support low code and no code software applications for hundreds of companies and thousands of end users. Nathaniel is what I would consider an extraordinary American because he is managing to do a business while having a family of seven children and uh, I'm excited to have him for our show. Nathaniel, are you there? Hello, Indranil. Hey, Cosmos. Hey, Nathaniel. Uh, it is an honor to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. It's glad to be here. It's a privilege to be here. So, Nathaniel, uh, you're an entrepreneur, you're an investor, and a software developer. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and how you got started? Absolutely. So, um, you know, as you, as you mentioned in the intro, I started off doing technical support um, and, and worked my way through the tech support world. Um, ended up getting, becoming uh, put in charge, being put in charge of the tech support department and then uh, running operations for a company as well. So operations, information technology and um, technical support. We're all parts of the Hassle War and that over the years morphed into working with the developers on fixing the bugs that the people were calling about. 
um, that then morphed into, so, uh, project management, product management. And, um, you know, so, so yeah, that's, I want to say product management, project management, 20 plus years of that. And then now we're doing software development ourselves, leveraging no code and low code solutions. That's awesome. So like in this 20 plus years, you have been doing software development. What has been your strategic goal and vision? Uh, when it comes to like software and its application companies and also to your personal life? Strategic and personal. I, you, uh, wow. That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, just like what, what has been like your, like your life, like your career goal uh, on a, like a strategic level regarding like your vision and goals and objectives over like the 20 plus years and I have the, you know, um, Cosmos for me, it's been, been trying to raise my family. Right. Um, it, it, it's been something that's been a challenge, you know, um, there's been a lot going on, you know, seven kids is an awful lot. And so, uh, I want to say the challenge for us has been just, just living right. Um, for many, many years, but at this point, um, we want to pass that forward. We want to help other people experience the same blessings and benefits that we have. And through low code technologies and no code technologies, you don't need to be a software developer anymore to be a programmer. Um, and so just like you've got a lot of people who build websites using WordPress and other technologies, but they don't actually know how to write code or they know how to write some code. Um, we can do that for people around the world today and teach them how to write code or rather build software without having to write code. Does that make sense? No, yeah, totally. I mean, I know that you have, you have a family, like, and you're like seven kids. And it's really, yeah. I know for like most of my audience and like for like most Americans in general, it's really hard to do a business while raising a family at the same time. It's one of the hardest things in the world. So how did you manage to do that all, all together? If you could, if you could like, like, if you could enlighten us on that, because that's something that most, because there's a lot of people who have like families, you know, like they're raising kids. Absolutely. They want to become financially free. They want to start a business, but they're afraid of financial failure or like they'll start a business and then they'll go into financial ruin and they have to like, where, what's going to happen to the family, you know? Yep. So I, I was very blessed um, because a lot of what we did going at the beginning was I was working full-time or working on, on contract or project jobs. And then my wife, who again is not a programmer, uh, was doing the actual, um, working on the software and building the websites for companies or not websites, but building software for companies. Um, and then over the years that, that has grown to the point, uh, where we are now, where both she and I are working full-time for the company, but that, um, that was a, that was a, that was a long slog, you know, um, that was a long, hard slog to get from, uh, you know, being an employee, a W2 employee all the way to where we are today, which is, uh, both working with, within the company that we founded. So what was the, what is that moment when you made, uh, when you and your wife made that shift from working on a job, like, cause you know, like a lot of programmers, they, they're, they're doing this late, um, high five figure, a low six figure jobs, right? And they could be comfortable. Oh, yeah. And then what was that transition that, or that motivating factor that pushed you from doing that job 
uh, to doing like a job to like, I want to start my own business and I'm going to do this no matter what. I think the big thing for us was the, the drive because uh, two things, one, um, because we knew that as long as we were working for other people, um, there is a ceiling, right? There's cap, um, both in terms of income, but also in terms of influence, right? And in order to me be able to make a change in the world, I need to, I need to grow bigger. And that's the big thing for us was the, the, the desire to make a bigger impact in the world around us. And I think that's, that's what made us, you know, that's what made us decide, okay, we're, it's time to jump in and I want to say with both feet into the world of software development, um, and specifically low code and no code. I see. Yeah. Um, usually like a lot of people, like they realize that it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like they have, they want to, they want to do more and they want to make an impact and everything, but they usually have like this fear and they have all these hurdles and this mental blocks. And there's a lot of like mindset issues where they're like, can I do this or not? Like, what would you tell somebody that has like fear and doubt where they have a family and they want to start, they want to start a business, but they're, they're going to be afraid of doing it because they're fear, they're afraid of failure. Do it anyway. Um, honestly, the worst thing that can happen is you fail, but you learn from your failure. You learn from your mistakes, mistakes, and you get up and try again. Right. I, I want to say do it anyway, but don't do it without wisdom. Make sure that you've got the right cushion. Make sure that you've got, you know, you're not, you're not going out and spending, uh, I want to say, don't, don't do it without a plan. Don't do it without um, even a fallback plan, right? If, yeah, for us, if everything went down, downward, like if it, I know that I could still get a job. I know that my family is still taken care of. We have the financial wherewithal to be able to handle that. Um, so don't just jump, but jump smart. Interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of people would wonder like what is considered wisdom in this case, right? Like what, it, like, where is the, where, like, how do you smartly go about it? So, uh, like what, what, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Cosmos. I would have to say, um, it it's balancing, right? You, you don't, for a while, you got to make sure that you know what your market is. You got to figure out your product market fit before you start doing, you know, building, uh, uh, building a company, building a business. Um, I love the book E-Myth Revisited, um, by Michael Gerber. If you haven't, um, if you haven't read it, definitely check it out because being good at something doesn't mean you should be in business doing that because the business skills that you need are very different than what you need to do to, to accomplish a goal. Does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with it, but you know, if you're a baker and you're really good at baking cakes, doesn't mean you should open a bakery. Um, I actually, where I grew up, I knew someone who did that. She took out huge loans and went out and borrowed, bought all this brand new baking equipment. And within six months, she was closed because uh, being a baker is very different than running a business. 
and the skill sets are very different. So make sure you know what the skill sets are that you need, um, managing money, cash flow, finances, sales, you know, all of these things, marketing, um, and then go and do that. But know that being a business owner is very different than being a baker. I see. So Natalia, what was the biggest lesson you learned uh, while while you started your business and you're trying to run the business and also do uh, like run your family at the same time? Uh, well, for me, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is that running a family and running a business are very, very similar. The only difference is you can't fire your kids. <laughs> I mean, I don't have I don't have kids myself, but I mean, I'm sure a lot a lot of the listeners that have like a family and have kids, like they would they they would want to they would want to know like how is it, uh, like how how is it similar in that way? How are they the same? How are they different? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. When you're dealing with motivation, when you're dealing with how to motivate people, when you're dealing with how to lead people, how to communicate effectively, all of the skills that you learn as a manager or a leader within an organization or as the head of an organization, those all translate 100% to working with your children as well. Um, learning how to effectively communicate, cast a vision to an organization is the same thing that you need to learn when you're talking with your kids about how to, how to be a good person, what it means to live a good life, um, and understanding and listening, listening skills, empathy skills. Those are skills that you need as a leader and as a father or a mother, um, to, to kids and a family. I see. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Like that, you mentioned that you can't fire your kids, and uh, yeah, it's 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 true, you know. Uh, but <laughs> if you're gonna put it, if you're gonna put it like that, yeah, most mostly like yeah. And, uh, some people would actually say that doing uh, like having a family and like having business, like there's like a huge contrast because fa in family it's like it's filled with love and affection, whereas in business it's like it's all about the return on investment, it's all about the profit and. It's also about service and everything, but ultimately it's about the numbers. And that's what some I totally disagree with that. It's all about people. Whether it's people at home, you know, your family, or I mean, people if, in the workplace. I mean, uh, if you go to the corporate world, it, it's it, that's the that's the vibe that you get. You know, like with the big companies that that are doing that that do it in general. I disagree with that too. Cosmos. I disagree because business is all about people, whether small or large. Now, different people have different ways of doing business, right? With different values. Um, just like different families have different ways of doing things within the family. Some are more, uh, you know, sports and achievement focused. Some are more relationship focused, but that's stuff that you bring as a person, as a parent to the table when you're raising your kids. So to say that business is all about the bottom line or all about numbers, I disagree with that concept. No, I mean, it's I important. think important. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the end all be all of a business. I'm glad you say that because in, uh, because from like what a lot of people that I talk with in their in their corporate world experience, it's a lot of like the big businesses, it's all about maximizing profits. But yes, we do need this mindset where it's about people and it's about empathy all, all together. Like there has to be a new way of like looking at things 
all all together. So no, I do I do think like your way of thinking is that it should be the actual way. But yes, I like it from my point from from my personal experience and from other people's experiences when they went to the corporate world, they had like a different experience, you know. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that different people have different experiences. That's for sure. Yeah. So Nathaniel, what is, what is the biggest challenge you faced while, uh, like, while in your, in your 20 years of like, in your 20 plus years of uh, career and how did you overcome it? Uh, um, that's, uh, I think the biggest challenge I've faced is finding out my niche, right? Finding my skill set, figuring out who I am, what I'm doing, right? When I started out, I was doing tech support, like I mentioned, um, and I got laid off from that position. And it was like, okay, what do I do next? Um, do I go out and do, you know, do I do more technical support? Um, do I try and help run a business operationally, you know, IT and computers and printers and all that kind of stuff? Um, or do I figure out what I'm, you know, do I start working with software developers? Um, but that took a long time, um, figuring out who I am and who I was, I think was the biggest challenge that I've faced over my career. And, and that's something that took time and talking with people to figure out what are my skill sets? What are my passions? What am I interested in? Like, did you have kind of like a metamorphosis in terms of like personality and an understanding of who you are as like? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That happens over time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've definitely changed over, you know, the person I am or I was 10 years ago is not the person I am today. And it definitely won't be the person I will be 10 years from now. Um, you know, you change significantly every few years. And by the time, you know, 10 years has gone by, you have no idea who you were 10 years ago. You're like totally different person. No. Yeah. I mean, th th that's, that's one of the, one of the, I would say the permanent things about life is impermanence, right? We change over Absolutely. a period of, we change over a period of time. Like that's the only thing that you can you can say is constant in life altogether is that it's it change. changing. It's like yes. an irony, right? But yep. if you had if you had to go back towards the beginning of your career and like and give that person advice uh, from from who you are today, like what would that advice be? Don't fear change. <laughs> I, I know that's that's you know don't fear change and be willing to try new things. Um. I, I was definitely not one to try new things. Uh, and it took me a long time to get over that and, you know, get out and be willing to be more of who I really am, but it takes time to figure that out time and a lot of self-introspection. I would say a lot of people have the fear of the unknown, like when it's coming to fear of change, like they do have the fear of the unknown. It's, it's a, one of the, one of the common themes that I notice, like with people that they want to do something or they want to get good at something, but, uh, they're afraid of like the discomfort that comes with it. Absolutely. You know? Yep. It's like, I, I think it's one of, one of the things of doing business is that it's a, you have to be comfortable feeling uncomfortable. And, That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You gotta be willing to try new things. 
be comfortable, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that statement. Yeah. I mean, most people like they don't want to get out of their comfort zone and they fear the unknown. So it's interesting that you say that, that you should not fear change, but it's easier said than done though. Like if, if you had to give advice to somebody that does fear it and want to transition to that mindset, how do you advise them? If you're afraid of change, start out trying something small. Do something different, whatever that looks like. Um, it's called, you know, baby steps. Idea, take a small step, do something different. And even if you fail, learn from your mistakes. One of the core values that we have at Low Code Road is growth growth mindset specifically. Um, and the, the, the sub caption we have for that is where we are today is not where we're going to be tomorrow. We will continuously learn and grow each day. We can be a little better than the day before. And we know that integrity and honesty are keys to grow. You know, we know that growth comes through execution, not deliberation. But I think the big thing that we want our team members to learn is that growth comes from also making mistakes and learning from them. So being willing to execute, go out and do something without over deliberating something is key. Knowing when to take the step, that requires wisdom and wisdom comes through experience. So if you were to ask me, I would say, have a growth mindset, be willing to step out, even baby steps, learn if you make a mistake and continue moving forward. Nathaniel, I love that you say that because I remember like when I was uh, an electrical engineer back in UT Austin, I had to take programming classes and we had to like do these programs and like code these programs in C++ and all of that. Yeah. The fastest way to learn a language or like to get like the program done or to get an A plus was for people to fail as quickly as possible. Like they would just type some code and they make a lot of mistakes and then they would be spend all the time debugging. And the people yes. that were trying to be perfect and they had that perfectionist mentality where they didn't want to create any bugs and they got to do it. Like they were the ones that suffered the most. But the people that were like, okay, I'm going to throw myself out there and I'm going to basically just do it and then like, okay, I'll figure out the bugs as it's, as it's going. They were the ones that got the A plus in, in that, that thing. And so I love that you say that you just can't be afraid of making mistakes because that's how you're going to like, it's basically, like exactly a, right. it's basically like a debugging thing. So yeah. I love I, it. That, I love it. So let me, let me piggyback off that Cosmos. Um, and that is why I say business and family are the same thing. Because you are talking about college, right? You're talking about life when you were an electrical engineer. Um, and, and that's exactly the skills that I need to teach my employees and my kids. Wow. Right? Yeah. Think about it. No, yeah, it's, it, it's true. It's, it's, it's like the same pattern of skills that's going to help them grow. Right. That's right. We can't, we can't grow until we make mistakes, until we, it's basically that debugging process. I mean, I don't know if 
my audience would understand what debugging is, but, <laughs> but we understand. But like, it's basically like where you may, where you have a bunch of bugs or you have a bunch of mistakes in code and then you have to fix the thing, but you got to first write some code to figure out That's the right. errors. That's but right. yeah, I, I love that. That's, it's a common theme in entrepreneurship, you know, but on a different note, Nathaniel, they say that America is the land of the free and the place where dreams are made. Do you agree or disagree with that? Absolutely. America is one of the most unique countries in this world because of the legal um, protections that it affords people um, to really try new things, right? Um, pretty much every other country. Yeah, there's definitely some others that have modeled American legal systems. Uh, um, but I think America is really unique in that you can start off um, with almost nothing and become a, a multi-billionaire, right? You can, and, and the systems, the, the structures that we have in America allow for that in a way that many, if not all other countries in the world don't have. No, yeah, totally. Like, I, I think it's, it's something that I realized when I came here was just how, like, how many opportunities are there, but you have mm -hmm. to be willing to put in the work and not just hard work, but like smart work as well. And then that's right. The opportunities will be there. You just have to take, you just have to like take it as they, as they go. You know, it's not, it's not as common in other countries, but it's something that is definitely here uh, in this, in this nation. But like, so, you know, like most Americans, like they want to realize the American dream, but like a lot of, what do you think is the biggest challenge that they would have when it comes to realizing like their own personal American dream and how do you think they would overcome it? Realizing the American dream is understanding what that dream is. Um, overcoming it is a matter of a willingness to, to step out and take risks, right? Um, the debugging think, process. Yeah, that de debugging process we were just talking about. Um, now, at the same time, I can also understand why people might have a dream and they don't want to, right? Um, and, and sometimes those reasons are good and healthy. Um, you know, uh, you've got, you, you're, you're a young, young couple, you've got a couple kids. You can't just go out and say, oh, well, I'm, you know, if you're single, it's different, right? You've only got one person you got to take care of yourself. Um, if you're married, you've got kids, it's a little different. So um, even then though, there are so many people that achieve the American dream by working hard and smart um, and leveraging their skills and abilities and working with other people to accomplish great things. Um, I look, you know, um, again, our core values, one of our other core values is togetherness um, at Loka Growth. And we say looking, working together is how we succeed. And um, I want to say that is key, I believe, to the American dream is, uh, you know, if you go back to the West and the stories about how the West was founded and won, it was all about people working together. It, you did have some people who were hermits or they wanted to be on their own, but even then they worked with other people. It was never a silo, you know, um, it was never all on my own. 
No, I mean, totally. It's community is like one of the most like helping each other and being in a community and then like moving up forward uh, uh, like in initiative, right? That's that's an important part of realizing it. But, you know, like a lot of families right now, they're struggling financially because of inflation combined with consumer debt, right? Like they bought a lot of things and like now they have to like do like a job and everything. But their dream, uh, a lot of like families, like they had a dream of that white picket fence where they had their family and like they had the house. They could afford the house. Like now you notice like the houses, like the cost of housing had risen over the last 20, 30 years. And then uh, like, it's just really hard for them financially to live up to that certain image. What would be your advice for families that want, that want to attain this, uh, this, this idea of the American dream? Like in the current state of like just high inflation combined with having to pay off their debts their mortgages, this and all that. Like for, as, as a perspective, like somebody that's a family, that has a family central and is also a business owner. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I encourage people to look at is, is two sides, right? Um, I, I recognize that there are lots of, I want to say there's lots of things that, our combination, it, it's a combination of working harder and smarter to get out of debt, to get yourself in a position where you can afford to make investments, right? Um, but it's also um, having a positive mindset, Cosmos. I believe that there are opportunities all around us if we know how to open our eyes to see them. Um, there are, you know, it, you check the news and there's going to be negativity everywhere. Um, there, the, the, the phrase that used to be popular for print was if it bleeds, it needs. I think this is true in, in modern news as well. You know, the 24 seven. I have not actually heard of that. YouTube. You haven't <laughs> heard that one? No, it's, it? it's, if it bleeds, it leads. In other words, it's still, it's the headline news, right? If you choke. If you check the news, um, if you check the news, uh, even local TV shows, news stations, it's all sensationalized. And the reason is they need the viewership and they need the viewership for the advertising revenue. Um, so anything that's sensational or, in, you know, like eye catching, it's the abnormal that they want to sensationalize that. That they try and do. Um, so I have a great example of this. I, I actually saw a TV show where for the entire 30 minutes of the local news segment, they were talking about how they went undercover to a local hotel to try and figure out all the dirty surfaces and how awful it was that they cleaned the hotel so poorly. And they that the, the whole 30 minutes right you know at the intro and outro of all of the segments it was all about hey just wait you know we're going to tell you what we saw when we went to the hotel and did the undercover study and the end was oh, we didn't find anything wrong but the whole point was to get you to come and watch this when there wasn't anything there right there are going to be bad things that happen there are going to be recessions you know, I don't know if there's going to be a recession, but there is inflation. Absolutely. 
does that mean I can't survive? I can't um, eat? No. Oh my gosh. There's still food in the supermarket. There's still uh, food on the shelf. There's, you know, but, but, you know, for a while it was uh, infant formula, you know, before that it was toilet paper, you know? Uh, yeah. We were running low on toilet paper for a while in this country. Um, but that doesn't mean that the world is ending. <laughs> right. But I've got to find something to fill those airwaves. I've got to find something to fill the front page of my newspaper. So don't be caught up in the hype. That's what I would tell people. Don't be caught up in the hype. Look for the positive. Because there's lots of people going out and doing amazing things each and every day. But they're not going to be the front page. And those are the ones that you want to focus on. Those are the ones you want to fill your mind with. And those are the ones that are going to help you succeed. When you fill your mind with the good stuff in life, then you're going to succeed. I love it, Nathaniel. It's all about like positive, like thinking in a positive way. And like, but the thing is, positive people are not going to make headline news. No, and so, they're not. And like, that's, that's, that's the whole point. Like, you know, a lot of, most of the, uh, most of the, most of life, like there's a lot of good people out there, but we just had that small, tiny percentage. Cause like the news want to make, they want to make a profit, you know, like they want to basically, uh, as you were saying, sensationalize it. And so. They have to, because that's, that's what makes it abnormal. And that's what makes our, our brains, right? If you think about it, our brains are wired to focus on the thing that might be dangerous to us. So what do they have to do? They have to tell your brain it's dangerous out there. And then your brain's like, oh my gosh, I've got to figure it out. And because of that, because of that mindset, um, and it's just how we were built how we're wired we're trying to protect ourselves and so you're always going to be inundated with things that seem dangerous they will project that danger to you so that you pay more attention to them well you know what look for the things that are amazing that are awesome that are extraordinary and you will find them everywhere here that's awesome, Nathaniel. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, like that's, that's the thing that will actually get us into like a positive way of thinking. And like it, it creates a ripple effect altogether. So I'm going to tell you a fun little story. I don't know if you've heard this one before, but if you're skiing, right? If you're skiing and you're skiing downhill through the trees, what you need to be looking for is not the trees. Do not look for the trees. You know why? Because if you look for them, you're going to hit them. If you look for the holes, you're going to slide right through the trees. You're going to miss the trees. And that's the thing that we need to be looking at for in our mindset, in our way of living, is looking for the holes, looking for the amazing things, the extraordinary things. And then you're going to miss those trees. You're not even going to hit them. They're going to be like, I just went through a forest. I didn't even notice. Yeah, it's it's what they call you know the reticular activation system, the RES, right. where you you focus. If you see if you want to see red, you're gonna see red. If you're gonna see if you if you want to see something, you're gonna look. Your entire brain will be geared towards that. So every I time I buy a new car, I'm like, oh look, there's so many of the same car on the road, right? <laughs> I never even noticed that there were so many Toyotas on the road until I got a Toyota with that little like T on it. No. 
I mean, it's it's like so it's like simple in theory, right? But like in practice, people find it so hard to like follow the simple advice of just it like it's hard. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> no, it's just like simple thing, like focus on the positive, or like focus on the extraordinary and get people like most people are finding it so hard to do that. Like they're always ending up focusing on the negative. And so well, that's why I love your podcast. I love your podcast because it's focusing on extraordinary America. I love it. Thank you, Nathaniel. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. But so, Nathaniel, um, can you tell the audience a little bit more about the, your company, Low Code Road, and what it does and more Absolutely. about it in general? Absolutely. So I, I'm really excited because today, speaking of extraordinary, um, there is new technology out on the market. Um, back when the World Wide Web first started and computers were still a new thing, right? And the internet was still a new thing. You had to actually know how to write code in order to create a website. And people would learn HTML and CSS and JavaScript and PHP and all these things. And then someone got smart and said, wait a minute, let me write some software to allow you to help you build a website. And so we ended up with things like WordPress that allow you to build a website without knowing code. Believe it or not, today, low code and no code allow you to build software without needing to know code. So we work with businesses and organizations who want to get out of Excel spreadsheets and into a world of custom software for their business for pennies on the dollar compared to what they could have done even 10 years ago. And it allows them to get custom software that fits their business needs without having to pay an arm and a leg for programmers. And not only that, but we get to teach them how to use their own software and make changes to it. So by the time they're done, they own their software. They've got an asset for the business and they know how to make changes and grow it. So yeah. Um, Pretty excited about the new technology that's out on the market and low code and no code allow organizations, like I said, and individuals to build software without needing to know programming. That's pretty awesome. That is, that is awesome. Like, I mean, like, uh, for what it sounds like, it will save a lot of money to people that I otherwise have to hire programmers. And like, we know that building websites can be pretty expensive, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And programmers, programmers, as you mentioned, aren't cheap. They're making fun. High five figures, low six figures, and by by year five, year ten, oh my gosh, they're making, you know, more than more than a hundred hundred fifty thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, they're making good money, and for good reason too. Um, if you're a good programmer, you can do an amazing amount of stuff, and with low code and no code, we can help companies achieve that stuff without needing to be programmers or pay for programmers. So yeah, it's really awesome. If there's anybody in my audience that needs to build a uh, build like the, like a website or whatever it is, like I would definitely recommend your company to them, you know, yeah. it's going to save them a lot of money. It will, it will. And, and honestly, it's really software. What we help people do is build software, not necessarily websites. So there's, there's low code out there for website development too. Don't get me wrong. And I'm happy to have a conversation with them about that. Um, but what we do is help those businesses with 
internal business processes. Oftentimes they're using Excel spreadsheets or other things like that to run their business. And we get them out of that world. And, you know, spreadsheets are paper. Um, you know, we're working with a company down in Louisiana right now. They're still using Excel spreadsheets to manage all their inventory systems and pen and paper to manage all their production line. We're going to get them out of that world and into modern technology with um, iPhone or iPads or, you know, Android devices on the manufacturing floor and uh, software in the back end to manage inventory, reorder, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, but everything from that to a line of business. So you're going out and trying to figure out, okay, who's doing what, um, who's, who's, uh, you know, make sure we've got the right stuff loaded on the right trucks for delivery, making sure we've got the right assembly, right sales, sales pipeline process management, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you can't find something, um, you know, I want to say off the shelf, if you can't find software off the shelf, I'd encourage your listeners check out low code and no code solutions to solve their problems. That is awesome, Nathaniel. So Nathaniel, is there any other work uh, or, uh, or projects that you're working on right now that you'd like the audience to get a glimpse of? Honestly, no, I'm, I'm pretty excited between, between work and family. I'm pretty busy right now. I have to, I figured we've, we've got, we've got quite a few, uh, teenagers in the house they're all teens and uh and young adults um and uh so yeah it's it's a full house and i keep myself pretty busy i see so nathaniel uh how can our audience connect with you and get to know more of like low code no code like where do they go to yeah find? absolutely so low code road low l-o-w-c-o-d-e-r-o-a-d is our website lowcoderoad.com and um I'm, uh, you can reach out to me. Uh, I think the best email would be navigator at lowcoderoad.com. Um, if they've got questions, happy to help them out. And, uh, Cosmos, I will say we do have a special offering for, um, for your customers, uh, for your listeners. And that is that we will offer a free software build for your listeners. So if they want to get started on low code or no code and they want to reach out, have them mention uh, your podcast and we'll be happy to work with them for free, get them started and into the world of low code and no code. Um, like I said, welcome to the world. Welcome to the low code road. <laughs> that is awesome. Nathaniel, it was, it was an honor to have you on this, on the show. And you're basically an extraordinary American. You're doing a business and you're raising a family simultaneously, which is really inspirational to a lot of family people that want to start a business and become financially free. So I really appreciate that you have done that, you know, and we definitely want you to come back as a guest on the show at a later time. And that sounds wonderful. And I want to conclude this show by telling my fellow extraordinary Americans that there's an extraordinary in each and every one of us. And it is our job to awaken it and unleash it until next time. Bye for now. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for watching extraordinary America. If you like what you see, please do subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. Remember that the best investment that you can make in your lifetime is in your own financial education, for it is knowledge that truly sets you free. Also remember that uh, your purchasing power is being diluted through inflation, and then the practical thing to do is to protect 
the loss of your purchasing power by investing in precious metals or the right cryptocurrencies. Also, never forget that you are an extraordinary American. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.